0: Welcome to the Untangle and Thrive podcast, where we talk about real problems, real clients, and real solutions. Now here is your host, Angela McKinney. Hi, it's Angela McKinney, and welcome back to the Untangle and Thrive podcast. Hey, everyone. I hope everyone's doing well. If you don't know me, I have been working with people for the last 20 years, helping them really differentiate and reorganize different states of recovery, recovery from addiction, recovery from isolation, recovery from unhealthy relationships. And I've developed um, a methodology, an artistry, you might want to call it, called the, the art of untangling, the untangle method. And in this process, I would say that some of the most important, Important or critical ingredients for us to convert suffering into thriving states is building capacity to be with both <laughs> i know right it's this duality it's holding both and i really am heavily influenced by all the the brilliant trauma psychiatrists and doctors i've teamed up with over the over the last decade On complex cases and understanding the neurobiology of trauma resolution, because what that gives me and what that has helped me do in my own personal recovery is work really creatively. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us get locked into rigid fix it modes where we're sort of attacking the symptoms, we're attacking our thinking, we're attacking the problems in our life without embracing this other side of our system that really gets us well. Now, let me break it down a little bit. And today, really, I want to talk and discuss creativity. And this is kind of a very broad subject, but how it has, what is creativity? How does it influence my work? How does it influence our states of well-being? How do we work with it? So many of my clients who are doctors or Or lawyers are often just immediately assuming that they don't have any creativity. And all I have to do is say, look around your life. (laughs) You have created the life you have, right? Look at it. You've made little decisions that have created the life you have. Whether you like it or whether you don't like it, that is what we want to engage with so that you're discerning and gathering untangling skills to differentiate the part of you that's choosing the under-earning life versus the part of you that could access the thriving, um, earning life, right? The part of you that's, that's choosing, it doesn't feel like you're choosing, but that's automatically defaulting to hiding and disposing your value to the part of you that actually is really excited to elevate your value and contribute your value. And we have these two parts of our system that often are not collaborating together. They're um, One's being silenced and one's being over-attended to. And the negative one tends to get most of our attention because it's triggering unconscious threats, it's triggering fear, it's triggering abandonment, it's triggering uh, visceral anxiety. Um, and often we don't have a handle on it. We're just enslaved to defaulting and managing it and surviving it and 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 we wonder why we're so disorganized right and desynchronized and and then we just spend all this time in our head trying to figure it out and what we know now with with the research and the neuroscience and the study of curiosity and the study of safety and the understanding of our, our, of our nervous system is we know the conditions we need to create internally to discharge, right? Discharge the, the stress, the trauma, the drama, the entanglement, separate it out and neutralize um, presence and space in our life so that we can access this creative side to our system. And can we cultivate creativity right now? Yes, we can. You know, part of what I love doing is helping people open towards curiosity within the problems of their life, within the the deep struggles in their life. Uh, this is where we grow tremendously: is our ability to befriend our horrible sensations, our overwhelming um, relationships, our circumstances and work with them in a new way. Convert them into learning. Now, those uncomfortable situations that are happening are the avoidant ones. We're not taking because we're too scared and we don't feel safe enough. That's my word, safe enough to take the risk. We have a lot of anxiety, cortisol. We have all this stuff churning in our system, flying around us. And we think often getting rigid, getting smaller, getting more contained, avoiding, you know, is going to stabilize us. And so we get really unresourceful in our response. Um, but we want to understand that stabilization is the most critical component to all of our systems, right? So if a risk feels too stable, um, destabilizing, we will not take it, people, we won't take it. And yet we grow confidence, right? We grow confidence in our ability to take on more and more risk, putting ourselves out there in new ways, right? Um, embracing the uncertainty of situations builds confidence. So you can see how when we're really tangled and trapped in rigid thinking and a rigid system, Oh, how counterintuitive it is, how stabilizing it can be on a short-term level, but how impairing it can become for us building a thriving life. So learning to engage creativity at its at, at, at the root problem, to me, has been the game changer. So um, how do we do that? Well, we we get out of the noise of attack and fix, and we start to go lower in the connection of being. So often we're trapped with the doing, doing, action, 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 action. I'm going to go fix myself. I'm going to go to 500 meetings. I'm going to do that. And we're, we're, we're misguided thinking the actions alone will access the being Within ourselves. Sometimes they complement each other, right? And we do want to take, we do want to marry those two, being an action and action and let them collaborate together, not thinking one's going to be the only one to solve us. They both need to be engaged. So if you're more um, rigid with action, then you want to dip into your being state with your problem, the more being with your problem internally. If you're really trapped in process and being and, and overindulged with your feeling states, then you're going to want to help your action get stronger, right? So it's kind of your own synchronized dance. Uh, they, they both need to be engaged in healthy, resourceful ways. And often we need some... Um, insights into well, what's the middle road? You know, what's the middle road? Because a lot of us ping pong. We're overindulged our feelings, and we we just think, oh, well, let's just move into action, self-willed action, and and then we crash, and then we overindulge our feelings, right? And so it's really important that you, for yourself, find a middle road. And this is where imagination and curiosity is critical, because if we can't imagine a new experience, we can't create a new experience. If we can't imagine what we need to mobilize in a different rhythm based on the date of the past, based on our historical past, then we don't marry up, we don't match, we don't author a new experience with life. So this to me requires not only critical analysis and and compassion, because again, we're working with all sides of our system. We're not working to fix one, get rid of one. Blah, blah, blah. You know, We're not being noisy in our response. We're actually wanting to create a space of higher levels of engagement. We want to rise up into ourselves more fully. And this is where the arts and creativity really helps prime sort of our understanding and also give us permission to mess up and to go bigger, I should say. (laughs) Some of us forget going big. Bigger, Um, to try new things, to imagine new colors, to experience different sensations, imagery, music, dance, rhythm, um, storytelling, Shakespeare. All of these are invitations to, to stir within ourselves Um, from all of the diversity of our experiences so that they can start to to feed each other. They can can start to get hungry, to, to cross intersect with each other, to find new ways to leverage your experiences, new ways to bring more of yourself into your life. This requires artistry right, and creativity and this is really the source of passion and commitment and um, ownership, autonomy. You know, often we're trying to disown our experiences. Oh, that was a horrible experience. I just want to forget about it. Disown, 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 disown. And before long, we feel like starved, you know, prisoners. We're not quite sure why we're so starved. But, you know, we're on a diet of matzah and crackers all of a sudden. <laughs> and we're like, where's the vibrancy? Where is the passion? Well, when we cut off our historical histories, we're cutting off also the incredible encounterments of experience that we've had in all of our, all areas of our life. We're cutting off the classes we've taken, the skills we've engaged, the good relationships, the value of training, the discipline of training, the 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 playing of um. Artistry and making, you know, ballet classes and art classes and theater classes and soccer school or whatever you went through. Um, the synchronicity within nature of that playful spirit that all children have, the curiosity of ants and spiders and and birds and stars and and the wind. Right? We just cut it all off when we're starting to try to get rid of the suffering part of our life. And then we wonder why we're stuck. We wonder why we're out of sync. We wonder why we're disconnected. We wonder why we're under earning. We wonder why we're under being. And it's it's a trap. It's a real trap. So I'm not here to say, oh, let's go back into those miserable memories of all those horrible things that happened to us, because that's not the point. Although many of us need to get safe with old, unprocessed trauma memories. And I really recommend EMDR for that supportive helpful tool to to go into uncomfortable memories of the past and and allow your body to get safe to be with them and and discharge them and bring down their their activation in your overall nervous system. Why is this helpful? Well because it helps to create calmness. If our systems aren't calm and present, let me ask you can you create? <laughs> No, so we need to dive into some meaty stuff in order to get ourselves calm and present. Sometimes now, others of us who who have a real inner stillness already cultivated, we need to put the heat on our bottom, so to speak, and urgency, and and bring more of ourselves and our resources to our life if we want to achieve new results. Okay. It really depends on where you're at in this conversation, in your process. What works for one person doesn't necessarily work for others, but curiosity really is a circle to hold all of these parts and pieces okay, of getting well. And wellness, I define wellness as being able to hold all parts of our system, allowing them to collaborate and synchronize in new ways. And that is the source of wholeness and wellness and integration. So how do we befriend curiosity? Well, I would invite you to take a moment and look around your life right now. Just look around and notice that you have created the life you're in. Little decisions have determined what car you picked and when you chose it and how you paid for it. And I say that cuz I just had a client share something she she was she was saying her friends were giving her a hard time because she went to go get her hair cut and she came back with a Land Rover. <laughs> and she said, "You know, it's really weird, but I had my checkbook and I had ordered my title and I had done and I had this in my car. And the reality is that she had made the decision to get a new car five months ago. And she had already done this preparation, just organically prepared for it very quickly, without a lot of effort, without agonizing over it, without any heaviness or complication. And it was like, for her, it wasn't such a big deal. It was just... Synchronized her. It just matched her into what she sort of a vision she had and what she wanted. And she was able to afford it and buy it without stress and anxiety or excitement. And she had this very strange <laughs> experience with her because she's a person who's chased high intensity octane um, variety. She's chased it. And excitement has been a major drive for her, but it's also created a lot of pain and suffering for her as well. So this was a an experience she had that really tuned into her whole system in a very resourceful way. And I'm not going to say it just was so easy for her, but that was the decision. But when I say, look at all the preparation you've done to just to have access to this part of you that knows what it wants and can organize accordingly and, and get it in a, in a healthy way that feels like a match, that feels really aligned with you. And she was pretty blown away by the the subtle nuance and shifting um, experience that she had in this process. And why I'm bringing this up is because she had done quite a lot of work around her money story and getting more structure and engagement and clarity and precision. And she'd really grown up She had taken herself from a very young acting out kind of state with money, petulant, uh, demanding, um, impulsive, compulsive to this more integrated woman state. And so we had worked on that for, let's say, six months. And it wasn't our whole focus, but it was definitely a thread of our focus over the last six months. And so her arriving here was just a natural byproduct of all that foundational restructuring where she was really in harmony with her present state, her whole state. And she was really aware and mindful over the parameters of what she could buy, okay? That's the way it is. Now, one could say, well, that wasn't, that was creative, very creative. And she's one of my clients who's a lawyer who would say, I'm not creative at all, right? I don't have any creativity. I can't do anything creative. But that process was very creative in that it synchronized her visually. It moved her. It gave her an impulse to move towards something. She realized something that she wanted, which is an act of creating, right? And so I really want to illustrate that so often we think we have to hit it hard and get really intense with our creativity. And sure, if we're making some incredible piece of art or a work, one of our life's work, like I'm working on my book right now, which is a wrestle with creativity, right? It's a it's an engaged wrestling with lots of variables and pieces and synthesizing them and getting them to work together. It's really creative and it's a lot of work, that's very different than this other level of creativity. Both can exist. One's not better than the other. I just really wanna encourage you to, to find all your sources of creativity and how you can dip into them with more awareness and mindfulness, excitement, right? So then I have, say, another client who is in the survival, you know, the survival warfare of alcohol addiction, right? And so helping him become creative with his response to rehab, for example, going to rehab. So with my intervention clients, a lot of times I spend, you know, quite a lot of time helping them locate, The anxiety, the trauma, the terror, the fear, that what's getting in the way of better decision making to receive help. Because I have a lot of people (laughs) who go to rehab and white knuckle it and hide behind, you know, I'm so good, I'm doing all the right things. And then they leave and very quickly they relapse, right? And this is one of those people who's had many, many of those experiences. So for him getting him creative, and he's a writer, so he's naturally creative, but he's not able to access his creative brain when he's in such a threat response, where danger is being triggered. That experience is activating tremendous fear and danger. So for him, engaging creativity is turning the anxiety, the terror that he was experiencing to have to move into a role, play the good student role, and relapse only to feel humiliated and demoralized and just just caught in the cycle of hell, so to speak. Well, he needed and still needs, as we all do, to get really curious with this part of his system, his threat response, his terror He needed to befriend his terror. Well, he was going to have to use some imagination people to do that, right? He's been at war with his terror. He's been under the force of his terror for decades. So how's he going to get a new relationship with his terror? Like, how's he going to do that? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, first it's, it's multiple layers with someone who struggles in the way he struggles. And I'm just going to say disclosure, he needs lots of help from many, many specialized people. I'm just sort of the bridge to him getting the right treatments, the psychiatrist, the therapist, all the other supportive measurements in place. But if he's not available to receive, relationally receive people, It doesn't matter who's in front of him, right? It won't matter. It won't matter. He could have the best doctor in the world. It wouldn't matter. So I'm here to help prime the system to get safe enough and available enough to challenge his terror, anxiety, and open towards a new possibility. Now that requires holding both people. This is where we get stronger. This is not just him changing his thought about treatment and rehab. Yes, does the thought need to be shifted? Sure. But does he really need to hold both experiences for him to get stronger and get more internally stabilized? Yeah. As I find that we all do. Right, we all kind of need to marry up to both because we have a survival system. It doesn't go away, people. (laughs) As much as we wish it would go away sometimes, uh, you know, some people are lucky. They just don't have a lot of fear in them. Others of us are strangled by fear. But uh, that system is valuable in heightened times of, of when we need it. We all want access to it. The problem is, is it's most often coloring so much of our experience. So the untangling method is really um, is owning it in a new way, clearing space from it to work with the creative side of our system so that we can get we can start to unleash the energy of the negative and fuel it towards our creative natures. So with this gentleman, that's exactly what he did. He was willing, and I know it was very overwhelming for him, but we walked through this untangling process so he could unlock the the spell of his anxiety. And the anxiety was sort of whispering because these are always whispering to our unconscious life. It was whispering that if he, if he moved towards it, he would be killed, he would be hurt, he would be abused, he would be violated. He would be, all these horrible things would happen to him. So of course he had to protect himself. If that's being experienced as true and not challenged in his body, his body's gonna keep it, call it, as, as Dr. Van cult says, right? Keep the score. It's gonna determine how and how he responds, how he shows up and what he does. It's powerful, right? So if it, it, as I got him to shift his interpersonal relationship to the anxiety, to learn from it, to slow down, to start to gather it, to learn from it, he started collecting what I call that emotional reflective intelligence, which we desperately need people we need to gather, we need to wake up to our triggers. We need to wake up to our desires and gather their emotional intelligence so that we can start reconcile and mixing and putting a new experience together. And so that's what he was able to do. Once he got a little space from the anxiety, realized it was trying to protect him. And by the way, our survival system is always trying to solve some problem. So his relapsing and his playing the good student role was an attempt to solve this problem of getting hurt. So he grew compassion. As he got more curious, he was able to grow compassion, understanding, and insight. Then what starts to happen is his experience starts stirring other memories, other experiences, and then all of a sudden he started quickly remembering all the nice people he had come across in other rehabs, faces, friendly faces. It started to get more personal. He started to encounter more real faces because the fear spell typically is just there's no it's just blah. it's just this visceral experience. But as he got more available to tune in, He could get the whispers and see all these other faces and remember experiences and exchanges that were very positive. It organically started to happen that he started to stabilize his response to going and making the decision to go. He started to be able to own it versus it owning him Right. Which is what a traditional sort of intervention does is it's you have to go or this horrible thing's going to happen. Right? It's very threatening. <laughs> you get dragged off. And look, a lot of people respond fine to that. They get in there, they detox, they get available and they really access the learning. And so I'm not poo pooing it on any level. But with people who have a pattern of this chronic relapsing, there's there's got to be sometimes Um, some work done before going again and having a new experience requires priming your system to get available to decide to, to have a new experience. So I wanted him to really engage this process so he could really get out of the powerless, helpless waters of chaos and determine, I want, I actually, this is lining me up to this part of me that wants to get well. And this is, and this is, and I'm safe enough to move towards it now because now I'm remembering all these incredible experiences of little glimpses of people who were very kind. It wasn't all bad, it wasn't all horrible. Now I'm getting creative and I'm starting to go, oh, wow, there's more here. There's a wider lens. There's a new symphony. There's new instruments. There's new people. There's new possibilities starting to come into his experience. So this also, you can hear how creative this experience needed to be for him to claim it, show up for it, engage it, and have a radically different experience with treatment. So I'm, I kind of bounced around from a lot of different clients to give you, um, to under, so that you can kind of go, oh, that's how we start opening up to creativity. I work with clients all the time in their home because I love working the untangle method with clutter, right? With anything overwhelming, um, bills you're not opening, a, a neglected room, a, you know, a, a bed that that makes you feel miserable, right? Whatever it is, that we start waking up to these little things around us, so that we start converting that negative unconscious energy into creative energy, and that creative energy drives us. Okay. It's not. It's 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 energy, in my opinion. It's energy. So it's either we have this we have this tilt towards a destructive attitude or nature, um, where we're sort of doing the same old doom, doing the dance, and really unclear because we're foggy. We we're not clarifying what really is happening. So that's what we untangle. We untangle to drill down into that unconscious threat because we all have unconscious threats all over the place so if i get bigger what's going to happen if i get my if my bedrooms all organized what's going to happen see we have these hidden expectations and assumptions so often blocking us from like oh then i'll have to have a man come over oh boy that's terrifying so i'm going to shut that puppy down and just live in a miserable bedroom And we do this stuff all the time. If I really look at my bank statements, what's going to happen? Well, oh, I'm going to realize I'm going to not have any money for retirement. I'm going to have to do something about it. I'm going to have to take responsibility for the thing underneath it. I'm going to have to make more money. I'm going to have to get more discipline with my spending. I'm going to have to get on a budget. Right? And we don't want that sometimes. We're overwhelmed by the responsibilities For our life, but I have news for you people. That is where we get, that's where we heal, that's where we grow, that's where we thrive. We have to be willing to take responsibility for all the problems in our life. And as we do, we start taking responsibility for all the amazingness in our life as well. And I'm not saying it from an ego place like, oh, I'm so great, I deserve this, I got this, not at all, but that we're co creating all of the relational experiences we are having, whether that's with our closet or our husband or our children or our boss or our computer screen or our our potato chips, that we are co-creating the experience that we are in right now. And that if we can embrace curiosity versus what's wrong with me? Why am I so broken? We got to fix this. This is horrible. I can't go outside. I'm too scared. We just barrier ourselves off. We've got to start to befriend all of it, not just some of it, but all of it. And this is the muscle of capacity is in our capacity to wake up and befriend and reorganize within our deeper self so that we're invalidating that unconscious threat system and we're also accessing the creative system. And both exist. Both exist. All right, people, have a beautiful week. I'm going to bring my son, my 15-year-old son, into this conversation next week to really engage creativity with the COVID environment and also a teenage environment because I think it's a very important conversation if you're younger or if you have kids that are younger, that we all start bringing uh, um, our families to this conversation of creativity. All right. Have a great day. Thanks so much. Bye. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out our life skills programs. We take these creative life skills and integrate them into a practice check out the details at www.untangleandthrive.com/program